Hey everyone, welcome to the Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Jared, and I'm the group's resident here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our mission is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. And so whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help you draw near to the person of Jesus, be challenged and encouraged by his word, and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you are in him. Well, good morning, Frontline. How are you? It is uh, an incredible delight for me to be with you again. Uh, I'm not allowed to have favorites uh, in my job, but I have favorites, and Frontline is certainly one of them. And uh, I just love being with you. Here's what I want to say to you. If this is your first time at Frontline, uh, can I just tell you a couple things? Number one, you've made a really good choice uh, in coming to our church, because this is a great church. It's a fabulous church. Second thing I want to say to you is, please come back next week, because I suck, but Dave is really good. Um, And you need to hear a really good communicator every once in a while. So please come back next week and hear the good communicator communicate, okay? Um, And all the parents that are turning to your kids and say, don't say the word suck. Don't ever say that word. I don't care if he says it. You're not allowed to say it. Okay. Um, Here's a a couple things I want to say before I get into the message, and that is is that, um, you know, we come Sunday in and Sunday out, uh, those of us who are regulars here at Frontline, and we sometimes don't always recognize how awesome it is, the things that God is doing in our midst. And uh, maybe you've already celebrated this at some point, but I just want to take a moment and celebrate it with you. And that is, last year, 192 people opened their heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ right here at Frontline. And uh, that is something that we absolutely ought to be celebrating. And, And last year, 81 people went public with their faith and actually got baptized. And that is really, 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 really cool. Can I tell you, there are all kinds of churches around North America that are either plateaued or declining, and they don't see one person open up their heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, if you're fairly new to Frontline, why should I keep going there? Because lives are being transformed in this place. And I just have to tell you, um, that's a great place to be. And I also want to tell you that uh, God wants to do some transforming work inside of your heart as well, whether you are brand new to this thing of a relationship with Jesus Christ, or you've been walking with Jesus for a a long, long time, Jesus still wants to do fresh things. He wants to do new things. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, forget the former things. I want to do new things. I want to do new things in your life. So let me just ask this question. How many of you are absolutely perfect and you need not to change in any area of your life right now? Go ahead, raise your hand. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, then I'm going to sit down and listen to you then, because you've got all the things to teach me. Um, <laughs> bless your heart. She's so petrified to sign every time I'm here, because she never knows what I'm going to do. Um, but I just, you know, all of us need to grow. Now, all of us need to move into a deeper sense of all that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. I'm, I'm old, I'm 57 years old, and I first accept, I, I accepted Jesus Christ into my life when I was seven years old. So I've been walking with Jesus for 50 years. I, I accepted Christ in children's ministry when I was seven, and I was too chicken to raise my hand. But I knew that I knew that I knew that I was opening up my heart to relationship with Jesus on that day. But I got to tell you, Jesus is still wanting to transform me and make me into the person that he wants me to be. And I have to tell you that 
as a result of that, I've got to be open to new things. And I, I don't want to come in and, and sit down Sunday after Sunday and just be the same person. I want him to, to transform me. So let me ask the opposite question. How many of you have at least one thing in your life that you need to have him transform and that you'd like to have him transform and you're tired of living the way that you've kind of always lived and you'd like to have that at least one thing transformed in your life? Is there anyone in the room like that? Yeah, and the rest of you should be raising your hand right now, by the way. Okay? Uh, there you go. You can have raise your hand on that one. That's awesome. So how do we go about that? How do we experience the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? That's what I want to talk to you about for just a few minutes this morning. Would you pray with me? You don't need it, but I desperately need it. So can we pray for just a minute more? Holy Spirit, those few seconds for some people in this room has been the longest period of silence they've had in a long time. We right now want to tune into you and all that you want to say to us in the next few minutes. Come Holy Spirit of God, I pray in Jesus' name. Transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And everybody said, I don't have a clue. What are you supposed to say at church? Okay, amen. Okay, I'll say amen. I really want to thank Dave for giving me the subject of fasting. This is his way of getting back at me. It's kind of like coming to church and saying, we're going to talk about broccoli or cauliflower. Woohoo! I'm doubting that any of you woke up this morning and said, oh, giddy, I want to, I want to think about going without something. I really do. Chris, I want to talk about going without something. I doubt any of you woke up this morning and thought that. Matter of fact, I would bet a lot of money that you didn't think about that at all. So why in the world would we talk about fasting? Because here's what we know. What we know is that people right now are going through all kinds of things in their life. There are people in this room or people that you know that are facing huge amounts of anxiety. We are the most anxious society that's ever been studied in 2023. There's never been a more anxious society known to mankind than the one that we're living in right now. True story. We're, many of us are living chronically tired. Did you know that the average American a hundred years ago, literally got nine hours of sleep every night. The average American today gets seven hours of sleep every night. And what's interesting is, is that the average American a hundred years ago was the average of all human. There's throughout thousands of years, mankind has slept for nine hours or more. Sometimes you would hear about people that would get up really early in the morning to spend time with God, like at 4.30 in the morning. You read these biographies of people that walked with God a long time ago. They'd get up at 4.30. Well, that's because they went to bed at 7. <laughs> like, I could get up at 4.30 if I went to bed at 7. Like, if we didn't have Netflix, if we, if we didn't have Yellowstone, if we didn't have all those things to watch, then we could all go to bed at 7. Right? 
And some of us are just walking through life chronically tired. Some of us are walking through life anxious. Some of us are walking through life stressed out. We're stressed. Financial stress, relational stress. I, I have an incredible family. As a matter of fact, I have a picture of them. Um, I married way over my head, and uh, that was taken like, I don't know, two weeks ago. That's uh, my awesome wife, Mary, and my daughter's Natalia and Julia. Can I just tell you, you see how sweet my daughters look there? <laughs> how sweet that is? I never knew what anger was until I had children. <laughs> how is that? Some of us, as David prayed a little while ago, some of us are dealing with relational stress in our marriage. I've been married to her in a month that will be 33 years. I married way over my head. I met her in fifth grade in Sunday school. True story. She's had to put up with me for a long time. Here's what I'll tell you. As I've told you before here, frontline, we've had to fight for every inch of altitude in our marriage that we have. Can I tell you, we are happily, more happily married today than we've ever been. But we had to fight to get there. And some of you are in that battle right now. Some of you are stressed out financially. They're stressed out financially. Some of you have work-related things. They're just tearing you up. Your boss is a jerk. Or things are going on at work, and you're just, you're just not satisfied at work at all. And the thing is, is that we come into church on a Sunday morning, and we kind of sit through a church service, and we put on our, our happy face like this. And, you know, we sit through church and we're kind of happy like this. But what's actually going on on the inside is that there's some of us that's just absolutely not right. And we know it. Some of us are incredibly addicted. We're addicted to porn or we're addicted to things in our life, alcohol, drugs. We're in this secret relationship that we hope we, get, we don't get found out about. And yet we come to church week after week, and we've got this stuff in our life, and we keep coming to church, and we put on the heavy face, but we're not really transformed. And what's interesting is, is that I think David used the verse last week, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that says, those who are in Christ are a brand new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, everything is new. Now, that's God's promise to us, but we're not actually living into God's promise. And the question becomes, well, why am I not living into God's promise? And the reason we're not living into God's promise is this. How many of you in the room like dessert? Okay? Again, the rest of you are lying and you're in church. Okay? Okay. Now, probably not for you. Uh, my, f my favorite restaurant is Cheesecake Factory. And I loved Cheesecake Factory long before they came to Grand Rapids. Anybody who actually knows me and knows me well knows that uh, I take people out to Cheesecake Factory. I, I take pastor, I take groups out. I take entire, that guy's raising his hand. You can take me out anytime. That's what he's saying. Way to go, buddy. Like, I, I, um, I take groups of people. I, I literally, I'm not making this up. I'm not being an exaggeration. I've probably spent $23,000, $24,000 at Cheesecake Factory. I spent so much money there taking people out. Well, uh, I, I love Cheesecake Factory, but I don't like cheesecake. But their chocolate cake is downloaded from heaven every morning. <laughs> now, I love chocolate cake. I absolutely love chocolate cake. 
But here's the thing. For me, the thing, about, the thing that makes a, cho- a good chocolate cake is the icing. Like the, the, the cake's got to be moist, but it's the icing. But here's the thing. Catch this. Some of us, some of us treat church like it's the icing on the cake and it never really penetrates into our life. It's the thing that's on top, but it never penetrates. The Holy Spirit wants to penetrate your life. And the way that that happens is through these things called spiritual disciplines. That's how we actually change. Can I help you here? And I don't mean this mean or whatever. We can come to church week in and week out. And if we have an anger problem, have it never changed. Have a porn problem, it will never change. Have deep hurts in our life because we, we were abused by a parent, sexually molested by someone, perhaps even raped, and have that pain that's in our life, and we can come to church Sunday after Sunday and never actually have that healed. And the way that God's work actually happens in our life many times is through these things that we call spiritual disciplines. A guy by the name of Dallas Willard said this, Grace is opposed to earning. We can't earn God's love. We can't earn his healing. We can't earn his transformation. But it is not opposed to effort. So in other words, there are things that you and I can physically do, can actually do, that can actually grow our relationship with Jesus and allow his work to actually penetrate our hearts in our life. Some of those, for instance, are actually reading God's word. Actually spending time in his word. Um, the book of Psalms. I'm actually stealing what I'm, I'm, what, This next sentence I'm about to use, I'm stealing from my brother David. Um, and and uh, my brother David is, a, is an engineer. He's a missile defense dude. And uh, just, he, has more, he has more brain cells in his left arm than I do in my cranium. Like... David says this in the book of Psalms, and I appreciate it. He said, you know, the book of Psalms gives us language for the things that we're going through. Sometimes great things, sometimes really hurtful things. The book of Psalms, in the, he opened the Bible to the middle of the Bible. That's the book of Psalms. And in there, you'll find, you'll find phrases and, and entire chapters that talk about people going through really deep stuff and saying to God, what are you doing? And it gives us language for that. Reading God's word, I would highly recommend that you read, that you find a Bible that actually has red letters on the right-hand side of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and actually read the red letters, read Jesus' words. And there's this book in the New Testament called the book of Colossians. Read chapter 3 over and over again and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you through his word. Prayer is another spiritual discipline. Actually praying, communicating with God, talking to him, and catch this, actually listening to him. Actually being quiet. God, what do you want to say to me? How do you want to speak to me? Because can I tell you, God is speaking. 
He's wildly in love with you. Did you know that? God is wildly in love with you. He's not mad at you. He's not ticked off at you. He's wildly in love with you. The Bible says that he has your name tattooed on his hand, which means he's got a really big hand. The Bible says that he sings over you. Right now, God is singing a song with your name in it because he delights in you. What does that song sound like? God delights in you. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak into your pain. He wants to speak into those difficult situations as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as, a, as an employee, as an employer, as someone that's trying to figure out things in your finances. God wants to speak to those things. But we have, sometimes we have to be quiet enough to listen to him. And then there's a spiritual discipline, among others, called fasting. Why in the world would I fast? The reason we would fast is because it gets rid of some of the clutter in our life. And you're saying, wait, food is clutter? Hang on. It gets rid of some of the clutter in our life so we can more clearly tune in to what he wants to say to us. Let me help you with that for just a second. There are people in this room who eat to live. And then there are people in this room who live to eat. Now, I've shown you, I've sh in my previous times here at Frontline, I've shown it so many times, I didn't want to show it again. I used to be 110 pounds heavier than I am right now. So um, food was my God. I, there, there was nothing that a double cheeseburger from McDonald's couldn't fix way back in the day. Right? And so uh, I know that. I know, what f I know how food works in my life. Uh, and I just got to tell you, I've never had an issue with my thought life. I've never had an issue with porn. But I'm no better than anybody else. I, I, food was my thing. I had a more acceptable coping mechanism. Some of us get stressed out, and we, when we get stressed out, we tend to go to something. And for me, that was, my f that was food. And so the Bible encourages us, hey, try fasting and watch what will happen. Because here's the deal. There is spiritual power that is unleashed in our lives through fasting. There's the key statement of the morning. There is spiritual power that is only unleashed in our life when we fast. God chooses to unleash power in your life and my life when we go without something. Now, most of the time, matter of fact, all the time in the Bible when it talks about fasting is talking about food. Okay? And so um, Jesus went without food for, for 40 days. It also talks about fasting as it relates to um, not just a total fast, but abstaining from certain foods. Certainly here, people like, I'm going to give up desserts, or I'm going to give up this or that. Catholics give up red meat on Fridays, right? That's why, you know, that's why people eat fish on Fridays, if you have that Catholic background. It's this idea of giving up something that you like on certain days or for a period of time. Now, again, if it's just a religious thing, if it's just whatever, then it doesn't mean anything to us. It's like um, it, it, it lacks the power, but... 
If we give up something on purpose because we want to take that time and focus on God, that's when fasting begins to work for us and that's when power begins to be unleashed in our life. So let me just be as practical as I possibly can be. Let's say that you decide to fast a meal. Um, what happens is, is that eventually you start feeling it here. And then sometimes you start feeling it with a headache. But now, why would I do that, Chris? Because God wants me miserable? No. You go without so that when you feel those hunger pains or you feel that headache, what begins to happen is you say, oh, God, this is my sign. This is my cue to remember to pray. And I want to pray to you and sometimes, okay, just me. How many of you can go through an entire day and never think of God once? So many people in this room are lying right now. It's not even funny. What fasting does is that it allows us to remember that God wants to interact with us and to remember to pray about that thing that we're going through. So, I have a difficulty in my marriage. I have a difficulty at work. I have difficulty somewhere in my life. I have a child that's being rebellious right now. I have something that I'm trying to discern right now. I have a job offer and I'm trying to decide if I should take it or not. What do I do? Well, what begins to happen is I start listening more intunely to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to me because God is speaking to me. But what I do is I stop eating to remind myself, hey, I want to tune in. And maybe even I take that time that I usually take to eat, and I actually, I, I go someplace, maybe at work or whatever, I, I, I go out to my car or I do something, and I spend that time in prayer, and I bring that stuff to God. And what happens is, there's nothing like magical or whatever, it's not like a magic show, but what happens is, is as I, the, the Bible promises in James 4, 8, as I lean into God, he leans into me. And then his power is, is revealed, is unleashed in my life. And then what happens is, is he, he can begin to change my attitude. He can begin to change my actions. He can begin to change what's going on in my life because I'm giving him the entrance to do that. I'm changing because his power is working in my life. As a matter of fact, Jesus said very clearly in Matthew, I think it's Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. I may have that wrong, so sorry. Jesus said, there is some things that only work after prayer and fasting. Some things that God wants to do that he chooses not to do unless we pray and we fast. But here's what I would contend to you. I think in 2023, for many of us, it's not, it's not food always that we have to give up. And some of you are saying, woo do you know what I think the major distraction of our spiritual life is today? Did you know the average person, they've done studies, you're going to think I'm lying. The average person touches their phone 2,721 times a day. The average person touches their phone 2,700, and those who are in the top 10% of us, touch our phones 5,405 times a day. Which means that if you're just in the average group, you touch your phone a million times a year. 
And if you're in the top elite group, you touch your phone two million times a year. Sometimes we have to do what I call a distraction analysis. What is distracting me from my relationship with God? What's distracting me? And for many of us, it's this. Now, I know. <laughs> See, I've got daughters. If I, were, if I want anything done around, all I have to do is threaten to take the phone away. What is our knee-jerk reaction when we, today when we come to a stoplight? What is our knee-jerk reaction when we have any available space in our life today? We go right to our phone. 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 And when we're texting someone, and they don't immediately text us back, ah! I can't handle it. Right? What would it look like to put the phone down? What would it look like to give God space to fast from our phones for five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour? What would it look like to actually give God that entrance? Because here's the deal. See, I understand that we need food to, to live. I get that. I, I get that. But what happens is, is that we actually, when we fast, we actually begin to learn that Jesus can be sufficient for us. That we don't need the things. I want that phone back, sir. Don't steal it. We need that. I'm kidding. We need. We need him more than we need anything else. There's this great story in the Gospel of John in the New Testament of the Bible, chapter 4. Jesus and the disciples had been traveling, and they get to this well, and he sends them into town to get Subway, Jimmy John's, Jersey Mike's. And so they go in, and he hangs out at the well. He ends up having this wonderful conversation with this woman whose life is absolutely transformed because of this conversation. And the disciples come back, and they've got Jimmy John's, or Subway, or Jersey Mike's, or whatever. So they come back, and um, they can't believe that Jesus is talking to this woman, and they, they have this interchange. And, and the disciples look at Jesus, and they say, hey, Jesus, aren't you going to eat? And Jesus makes this really interesting statement. He says, I have food that you don't know anything about. And the disciples, quite frankly, I think are ticked. Okay, who brought him food? We just went all the way into town and got him something. Who brought, who, who? And Jesus said, I have food that you know nothing about that actually is more nourishing to my soul. See, when we fast, when we go without something, and for some of us, we need to fast working. Like we need to stop working at night. What is your coping mechanism? What do you go to when you're stressed out? Where is it, what is the substitute that you go to instead of going to God? That's what you need to look at. That's what you need to be thinking about. 
Worship team, I want to encourage you in the next couple of minutes to come back up on stage. I'm going to land the plane in the next three hours, I promise. Ask yourself the question, what is it that I'm tempted to go to? And, and then say to God, God, this is scary for me. This is scary. Because I know what it is for me, God. You know something, I literally, I, I don't mean this way, literally something I did this summer. Um, so I, I love M&M's. I mean, I love M&M's. And um, for most of my, uh, for the last 15 years, I've always had M&M's within about six inches of my desk. Now, I'm weird. I don't eat till five o'clock at night. I don't eat anything till five o'clock at night. Uh, probably 350 days a year. That's how I live. Now, don't, please don't copy that. Don't go to a nutritionalist and tell them that because it's a, it's, it's not for anybody else. That's what the Holy Spirit has asked me to do. He hasn't asked anybody else to do that. So that's just what I, but starting at five o'clock at night, I can just, it, it can be like Pavlov's dog. Like I just like can reach. And so the Holy Spirit said to me, move your M&Ms down to your basement. Move your M&Ms down to your basement. Because your M&Ms are your substitute right now for me. He didn't say I had to get rid of them forever. Move them. And there's just this, there's just an invitation from the Holy Spirit for me. And it's gentle. It's not, it's not God being mean. It's not God being vicious. It's not God being even legalistic. He's not saying, Chris, you can never have an M&M again in your life. He's just saying, he's asking me the question, What's your substitute? Because here's the deal, Chris. There is spiritual power that is unleashed. Jesus said it. There's spiritual power that it's unleashed in our lives when we fast. So, on, on November 7th, you're going to come together as a congregation. And you're going to have a worship night. And the, I think the Holy Spirit wants to do some really cool things in your midst on that night. He wants to move in some really awesome ways. And what I want to encourage you to do is this. I want to encourage you to begin to think about what are the, where are the places in my life where I need to see transformation? Maybe where are the places in my life I need to be healed? Dave and Corey and I were talking in the back. It's actually, we were, and then it was just Dave and I. And I, I talked about some of the work habits in my life that I had and that the Holy Spirit invited me to change. And I had to have a come to Jesus conversation, which for me ended up as a result of a, a, a session in a Christian counselor's office that said some things that I really needed to hear. But then that led to an opportunity for me to, to say, Holy Spirit, I need this area healed in my life really vulnerable with you. I, uh, I had this deep sense of abandonment when I, was, when I was a little boy. And so the way that I was trying to get my needs met and get the, get the approval that my soul longed for was through overworking. If I could impress other people by how much work I did, 
then maybe I'd finally be accepted. This is a whole nother message for a whole nother day. And I sacrificed the relationship with those two precious girls as a result. Oh, they love their dad, and I love them. But I don't have the relationship with them I could have had. And on November 7th, the Holy Spirit is inviting you here to come into this space in this place, to worship him, and then to allow him to bring transformation and healing. And there's a, maybe you need physical healing. Maybe you need emotional healing. Maybe you need to allow God to speak into those places in your life that you've been hiding from him. And what I want to encourage you to do is to consider fasting a meal, maybe one meal a week. Maybe fasting an entire day. Between now and then. And just through that experience, just say, Holy Spirit, I want all that you have for me. I don't want to miss out. I don't want you just to be like some icing on a cake. I want you to go to the depths of my soul and my spirit. The reason we fast is to open ourselves up to spiritual power. And when we come together in places like here, in places like on November 7th, we open our hearts up and our lives up for Him to do that. So Lord Jesus, I pray right now for the people in this room who've experienced you. Some of them for the very first time this morning, they're, they're hearing about a God who delights in them, who loves them. Others have heard that many, many, many times, and they're hearing you say, I've got more for you. I've got a better life for you. You don't have to be racked anymore with that anger, with that pain, with that unforgiveness, with the effects of the things that happened in your childhood with the effects of what happened when someone took advantage of you. I want to free you of those things. There's an invitation for me to free you of those things, the Holy Spirit is saying. And I pray right now, Jesus, that you would fill our lives with a sense of faith and expectancy that you actually can change those things and that you will as we give you entrance into deeper areas of our life. God, we're tired of just you kind of being the icing on the cake. We want you to penetrate our entire lives way down to the soul level so we are changed. Temper is gone. Addiction is gone. Porn is gone. Alcohol is gone. God, we pray even now some of that work you want to do right now in this space, in this place right now, some of that work want to do on November 7th. We want to prepare ourselves for that time and all that you have for us. We just say, Holy Spirit of God, do what you want to do in us so that we can be a better example of your love and your grace to the people around us. 
pray this in Jesus' mighty and holy name. We hope this message encouraged you in seeing who God is and who you are in Him. If you want to take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com slash next. We look forward to connecting with you there, and we'll see you back here next week.